Hi and welcome to Leitrim Daily. My name is Brefni Early and you are listening to episode 68 of the show, A Current Affair. This week my guest is Sean McDermott, a councillor from Glenfern in North Leitrim. We must start the show by sending our condolences to the Crow family in Mohol. Loss of life is always difficult, but at such a young age, it's particularly difficult for communities to take. So our thoughts go to everybody in Mohol and Fina who have been affected with that accident on Wednesday. Meanwhile, here on Leitrim Daily, it has been a very, very busy week. We've actually found a new home in the Hive in Carrick and Shannon. We've upgraded elements of our website, including a brand new jobs board, which currently has 25 vacant positions around the county with plenty more to come in the next few days and weeks. You can browse through some of the opportunities available at leitrimdaily.com forward slash jobs. We're very excited about our upcoming 100th episode. It's 32 days away, in fact. So excited, we're actually going to record it live on Tuesday the 8th of October in the Glen Centre in Manor Hamilton. It falls right in the middle of Mental Health Week, and with that in mind, we'll be donating every single cent of the 10 euro ticket price to North West Stop, who do so much good work in terms of mental health and suicide prevention in County Leitrim and outside of the county. It is also the week leading up to the county final of the Connacht Gold Senior Football Championship. That's probably enough of a hint for the time being. More details will be available in due course, but we would recommend getting your tickets as early as possible if you would like to be in the audience for the event. You can get your tickets now on theglencentre.com. And finally, before we get into the nuts and bolts of the current affairs across the county with Councillor Sean McDermott, I have a little update on the competition we ran last month. We gave away the opportunity. We paired with Train and Gain at the Mulvey Centre and personal trainer James McDowell to give away one lucky listener the opportunity to train under James in Train and Gain for 12 weeks, 24 personal training sessions and 12 weeks gym membership was the prize. Helena McGovern was the chosen recipient of the prize and this week she started her programme along with a willing and able training and accountability buddy, yours truly. Let's find out quickly how we both got on on our first day in the gym. Now at the start of August, we offered a prize on the show in conjunction with Training Gain and James McDowell for a 12-week personal training and gym membership program. And our successful winner was Helena McGovern. Helena, welcome to the program. Thanks, William Brefney. Now, this is probably a little bit unfair because you've just completed your first session here, but how are you feeling? Uh, excited, nervous probably about all the work that's ahead, but looking forward to the challenge, I suppose. And looking forward to hopefully looking better at Christmas. I'm delighted to hear you didn't just come out with sore, which I think is what I'm going to be in about an hour's time, because I'm also, uh, I've been signed up for this fantastic opportunity, but it's going to be hell along the way. James, you're the, uh, the orchestrator of this situation. Tell us about how Helena got on. Helena flew it. Uh, first session, really, really impressed. And she's definitely going to get some super results over the next 12 weeks. And how are you looking forward to taking me under your wing? I don't know now. <laughs> will you be a good client? I hope to be. I will be. I will be. I promise I will be. We will be checking in. Helena, what are your own goals for the next 12 weeks? 
definitely to get a bit fitter, um, probably to lose a bit of weight and just get a bit of time to myself as well just to do it. So hopefully fitter and slimmer. <laughs> Something we can all aspire to, I'm sure. It's more or less it was my own goals as well. Helena, congratulations on taking the first steps and we're delighted to be part of that in a small way thanks to the lads here in Train Again and also to James who's, who's taking you under his wing and he's going to look after you for the next 12 weeks. Now, I think, is it my turn, James? Yeah, get ready for hell. Now, fast forward an hour. As you can probably tell by my breathlessness, that has been one hell of a workout. James, what did you have me do? I had you doing all different sorts of exercises for upper body and lower body and core. I was really impressed, actually, with how well you did. Uh, your technique was spot on with all the exercises, and you really pushed yourself to the max. Yeah, that tenor is in the post. Trust me, you'll get it next week. A really, really tough session, I, but I really enjoyed it. And funny enough, as much as the, the certain parts of me, my shoulder or my, my leg that are a little bit tight and a little bit sore, I feel like the reality is that I haven't done any work in probably two or three years. What's next? Where, where do we go from here? The tightness and the soreness, it is just because it's your first session back and you'll really build yourself up into it and we can push it on. Over the next 12 weeks, I know you're going to get some super results and really excited to see how you get on. Yeah, me too. I'm not probably not going to feel too great tomorrow or the morning after. Thanks a million, James. Cheers, thanks. And I am delighted to be joined by Sean McDermott, who is a counsellor here in North Leitrim in the little village of Glenfarn. Sean, welcome to the programme. Thank you very much, and you're very welcome to the Ballroom of Romance. I, that was my next thing, because we're sitting here in one of the, the upstairs rooms in the Ballroom of Romance, which has a huge amount of history. Tell us a little bit about the ballroom before we get into current affairs. It's a name known all over the country and foreign fields as well, and it was built in 1934. We are very much into tourism now at the moment. It's used as a community centre, first and foremost, as a tourism stand for North Leitrim. And that product has grown and grown, and I've no doubt that next year, if you're back again, we'll be taking more people through the doors of the rainbow to visit our uh, museum. The experience of the dancing scene, all of Ireland, a lot of it took place here in the Ballin River Manson Clinton it's mad to think in such a small part of the country that so many marriages and so many families have, a, have this place to credit for bringing their, their grandparents, possibly, or even their parents together, not, not just in the local area, but across the whole northwest of Ireland. Let's stay on the tourism thing for a moment, because as I walked through the door, I met Niall Speak, who, who works Manager. here, and he told me that they've had 10,000 visitors in the first eight months of this year, which might not seem like a huge amount of people in the grand scheme of things on a national basis, but locally, 10,000 people coming into Glenfarn to see the museum, and that's not even including the shows, the galas, that's purely just visitors coming in to look at the show band exhibition here in the centre. It's incredible, like, uh, and it just shows like, uh, the interest uh, that there is in, in, in the ballroom and, and the museum that we have. I just give you an indication of where, where we have come from. We started off some years ago and we decided to, to have our uh, museum and uh, Jerry set up the museum uh, on tables and chairs down the back of the hall. And we decided to go uh, for events that was taking place. One of them was the Flair Kjol in Sligo, the last time that it was in Sligo. The other event was the G8 that was taking place in Enniskillen. So we set up on the back of the rainbow and them two days, nobody came in. But we didn't fold up our tent and go away. We just kept at it, and, and, and it's just grown, especially the last 12 months. But having a manager and, and, and workers on the ground on a daily basis is making a big difference. 
that is the thing I think in terms of having people who's focused, their sole focus, not worrying about their day jobs, but their sole focus is in here and, and driving people in, promoting the place, making sure it's presentable when people do come through the doors. Yeah, and you have, you have continuity then as well because there's people here from nine to five. And that makes a big difference because you can't have some people coming to the door and, and not getting in and wondering when is it open, when it's closed. They know now when it's opened. It's going from strength to strength. And it's enhancing tourist strengths all over North Leitrim because we're, we're right on then and then 16, the Sligo Tennis Skill. And indeed, this is a busy road in the summertime with uh, tourists from Belfast heading to Galway and Mayo. They're using this road. Now, you mentioned Sligo to Enniskillen. There's something else that we need to talk about that's hopefully going to run from Sligo to Enniskillen, and that is the, I can't remember the combination of letters, but it's the SNL or C, it's the Greenway yeah. project from those two towns, from Sligo to Enniskillen, which would take in a huge proportion of North Leitrim, including Glenfarn, Manor Hamilton, and possibly Drumahair, Parks Castle as well. The Greenway has huge potential, and I know there's two being planned, one for South Leitrim, one for North Leitrim, and hopefully they will go ahead. Very particularly, I suppose, uh, very more aware of the impact the one from Enniskillen to Sligo would have on North Leitrim. The fact that we have no flagship pro- tourism project uh, in North Leitrim, we're crying out for something. Nearby here, we have, we have our forest and lake, which is, which is within walking distance of, of the rainbow. We have the railway station, we have the rainbow, and then the screenway going right through the middle of it. And the fact that, that Harlan of Harlan and Wolf died in Glenfarren, uh, in, in the big house down Glenfarren Hall, they called it, years ago, in 1895, I think it was. Harlan of Harlan and Wolf dies in Glenfarren. His remains are taken back to Belfast. Now, a lot of Belfast people, when they go on their holidays, they're passing through Glenfarren, not knowing that piece of history, you know, that they are, so Edward Harlan died in Glenfarren. And uh, I think we have to make more of that in the, in the future. But this is potential that we have for the future. Uh, if we were in other parts of the country that maybe sell themselves that little bit better, and I'm thinking the southwest in terms of Cork and Kerry, if that had happened in Cork and Kerry, there'd be posters of them all over the town and busloads of people coming and stopping, and they'd be charging them a fiver to see where he died. Rafferty, you're totally right. And one example is we have McGermott's Cottage as it was when he left it. Not enough people come to it. In fairness, it's open now on a daily basis, and that's helping the situation. But for too many years, nobody was going to it. You had Michael Collins's birthplace below in West, in West Cork. Nothing there except foundation stones. And it's a tourism mega, because the people down there, and, and, and I suppose tourism is so strong down there, they made it happen, and people were coming. So we have got to change that, and it's a slow process, but we are changing it. How has the Ireland's Hidden Heartlands and the Wild Atlantic Way affected tourism in the local area? I think that's two brand names. The Wild Atlantic Way has been around for some years. The Hidden Heartlands is only getting up and going, and we're going to be part of that. I think that is going to make a big difference to tourism product here in Glenfarren. There are, of course, some positives in terms of North Leitrim and tourism at the moment. One of the big things I've seen this year has been the addition of the jetty in Sligo which has facilitated much more accessibility for the Rose of Inish free tour bus on Loch Gill, so between Parks Castle and we did a full show on it a couple of weeks ago and that seems to have just taken off this year. It's been there for 15 or 20 years but all of a sudden it just seems to, it's, it's longer, I think it's 25 years and all of a sudden it just seems to have taken off this year in terms of visibility, in terms of user numbers, in terms of profitability, I would hope, for the family that run it. 
Yeah, and George does a great job there. And uh, I was up for that official opening, the launch of the new jetty there. It takes it in a lot closer to Sligo, so that's a bonus for Sligo. And as a coach, there's far more people availing at that service now. It's a big plus for Drumahair as well. It does, it brings people out to Drumahair. Yeah. They spend an hour, they go into Parks Castle, they, they enjoy it, they sit on the boat, whatever. It yeah. really has added to that whole yeah. amenity. And it's gorgeous up there in, in Drumahair and around Loch Gill is just absolutely amazing the views of Hazelwood and that yes. view as you come around the turn into the Garagog River and you can see Ben Bulbin in front of you yeah. money can't buy that no, no, well no, it no. can it's a ticket on the, yeah. <laughs> on the road of free let's talk about an issue that I know you have a lot of feelings about the cutting of hedges the impact that the cutting or maybe the non-cutting of hedges in particularly regional roads has for road safety and everything in general yeah, Brefney, it's a huge problem and it happens every year that we, council level, we raise a racket about it. At a municipal district meeting in Merhampton, it's raised there as well. But the problem isn't going away and, and it's getting very dangerous. And I know that, and it was brought back home to me even this week, where then 16 National Primary was closed for roadworks and traffic was diverted into Kilty Tlahar. They were using the regional roads, the Merhampton to Kilty Tlahar, the Glenfarren to Kilty Tlahar. And, you know, it was dangerous. Because traffic, even, even cars meeting, they have to go at snail's pace to pass one another in certain places because the hedges come out that close to the side of the road. It's quite dangerous. You know, that's for local people as well. That's, it's a huge problem. But especially for people as well that come into the area that mightn't be used to that road or these roads, they find it very dangerous because they're inclined to keep out the middle of the road where they keep away from the hedges to avoid their mirrors being broken and their cars being scratched. It's an issue for tourists as well because, you know, they come there with hired cars and they go back with their cars, maybe their mirror broke or their car scratched and that's an issue. And as well as that, when the hedges are cut and kept trimmed, it opens up the countryside and people see far more of the countryside. We're a hidden gym when people drive through our, our towns and villages. But that certainly is an issue that I think has to be tackled. I know the council writes to farmers, you know, if, as a councillor, if you go to the council and have an issue about a certain part of a road, they will write to the landowner. Some cases, it might be addressed, the problem. Some cases, certainly, it's not addressed. So the problem is growing every year, and these hedges are coming out, and people are keeping out from the side of the road. And I, I think something has to be done seriously. The problem isn't being addressed properly. Now, there is an advert in this week's Leitrim Observer uh, about the, the grant funding for the hedge cutting, and it's 75 euros of a grant per kilometre of road which encourages local individuals or community groups to maybe put their hand up and say, well, I'll take care of this amount and get paid for it by the council. Now, I don't know the cost of, of hedge cutting, whether that would cover the, the machinery and the depreciation and the fuel and the time that goes into that. But if you had a significant enough patch of road, 75 euros multiplied by, say, a couple of dozen kilometres could be a nice little earner for a farmer or, or somebody of that nature. It's a good help. It started off at 50 euros a kilometre and now it's gone up to 75. And I welcome that. But not enough people are availing of that. I presume it costs a lot more than 75 to get your hedge cut. I think it's a help, surely. But the problem is that there's a lot of hedges not being cut every year. And sometimes it can be very hard to trace down the owners of, of the property. And that's the problem as well. Like, But you know, there, there's means and ways and means of doing that now. And I think, I think that some of this will have to end up in, 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 in court cases. If roads are dangerous and a hazard to people, I think the 
the council will have to take, take people to court and get it sorted out that way because the problem isn't going away. But if someone's not responding to letters or not engaging with conversation or not engaging with representation, is a court case even going to make them get off their ass and do it? That's an issue, but which has been said to me on several occasions, that it should be tied into foreign payments. That could be the way to go. There's a funny way, when you tighten the purse strings, everybody just tends to take a little bit more notice. Let's move away from cutting off uh, grants to people because it might, be, might make it too popular around these parts of the world. Let's talk about another issue that's been dominating probably the last three or four months, uh, and I know your colleagues, um, Justin Warnock and Phelan um, McGurn, have put in motions to the council about this, is the 5G mobile phone coverage. In, particularly in North Leitrim, it seems to have uh, got people rather agitated. Now, there's an argument to say it's not healthy, it's not safe, it hasn't been tested. Most independent studies I've seen have said that that's not true, but then we don't really know. And then in terms of the, I suppose, the benefits of it, I live in South Leitrim and I can't send or receive phone calls in my own home because the coverage is so poor. So we do need better coverage. This is the answer or this isn't the answer? We certainly need better coverage. And, you know, when I heard this first, this improved service, I thought it was going to be a godsend. But people out there and people in health are saying it could be dangerous to our health. So I think that has to be put to bed first. You have that error on the, on the course on health. And I think we're crying out for, for improvements. And here in North Leitham, it's terrible in places. And the service has, has gone back, you know. So people want to work from home. And we'd, we'd help to stabilise our population if we had this coverage problem sorted out. Because people want to live in, in rural areas and do their work from home, take their children to rural schools. So by not having the proper service, we continue to lose our, our population. Yeah, I think, because I've, I've done very little research into this, just a little touch of research into this, but from what I can see, and I'm open to correction on this, and to be honest, I'd love to do a full show on 5G technology, and maybe if someone's listening and they're angry and they're shouting at their phone right now saying, but this is the case, and someone else is saying, but that's the case, we'd love to have a proper debate about this on the show. So if you ha are particularly opinionated about it and have a bit of a scientific background in it, either on the health side of it or on the technology side of it, please get in touch, we will chat to you. But what I can see is that the health concerns, there's no study out there that actually shows it's a health concern. Yeah. It's purely a case of people saying, but this hasn't been proven not to be unhealthy. Mm -hmm. and. It's a little bit of scaremongering, mm -hmm. but I don't know, is the, is the short answer. I don't know enough to say that, but from what it seems, it looks to be just scaremongering. I know it's very much a generational thing, where the older generation are saying, but the health concerns. The younger generation are saying, I want my Wi-Fi, I want my 5G connection, I want quicker internet speeds. The only thing I saw was that the technology being used seemingly, now again, I'm open to correction on this, uh, because I, I've just gone off hearsay, but is the same technology that the analog television signal used to be on. Oh. So we had that from RTE yeah. for decades. And again, I'm open to correction on that. But that's my understanding, is that it's the same technology that's been used for TV signals as an analog over okay. since the start of RTE. So I, again, I'd love to do a much more in-depth discussion on this. So if there's people listening, and I'm sure there are people on both sides of the argument, okay. listening to this going, no, you're completely wrong. I'd love to hear from you. Get in touch, info at leitrimdaily.com, and we'll have a proper discussion with maybe someone from the technology side of things and somebody to chat about the health concerns. I don't want someone who's just... 
this is my opinion. I want someone with a little bit of fact and we'll do something and actually bring a proper discussion that to makes hand sense. down the yeah. road. Now, let's move on from that because we don't really know enough about that to get sure. in depth at the moment. Let's talk about Brexit. You live on a border community. You're only a handful of miles here from the Fermanagh border at Black Lion, Belcou and everywhere around it. How much of an impact has the uncertainty about Brexit had in a place like Glenfern or Kiltyclar? As I said, briefly, this is a border community. I went to school for second level in Kitty Clare, a vocation school. So I was there when, in, in the 70s when the roads were closed and I, I saw it firsthand what was taking place and the effect it had on, on a village like Kitty Clare. So I would never want to see that going back to that stage again. Like. So move forward to the present day. I think down certainly it changes by the minute. Nobody seems to know. Certainly the British Prime Minister doesn't know. The, like it's, 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 They're it's, in charge of it and they don't yeah. know what's going on. It's like yeah. a soap opera and, and, and you just couldn't keep up. And then politicians in England are saying certain things that they know that doesn't make sense. I was listening to some of the politicians in England saying, well, look, at the scarcity of medicines will affect Southern Ireland as well as, as England and, and Northern Ireland. So, you know, it's a scary scenario. It's not good for the economy and not good for economies let it be England or, or Ireland it's, and, and Northern Ireland. I think it's very bad. I think this Brexit the whole scenario was a gimmick that went wrong by a Prime Minister in England that thought he was going to gain votes or his party was going to gain votes, put out a feeder up, letting people have a say, but hoping that that would never happen. And certainly if it did happen, he didn't want the outcome that did happen. I think a second referendum would have a very different outcome now than it would have had a couple of years ago. People would say that, and I, I just wonder. I think that some of the, the British people are, they have pride and, and they don't want to deal with reality. That could be very, very true. Let's talk about wind turbines. No more than the 5G, it's another issue that's been dominating, particularly North Leitrim, over the last couple of months. And there's a, a very large proposal in to build a monster wind farm in North Leitrim. And it's caused a lot of issues locally here. Yes, right, and I think there's, there's a meeting coming up shortly about that as well, and, and I hope to go to it. Certainly, at the council meeting, we had pictures of the, the proposed windmill with uh, the height of it. I think it's 60% uh, larger than existing ones. Generally, I don't have a problem with, with windmills because you have to look at alternative energy. They shouldn't be close to where people live in our schools, and there's certain places that they shouldn't be. But certainly, in, in general, general, I don't have a problem with windmills because I want to see other alternatives to energy. And I think wind is one of them. Solar energy is something that we should be looking at very closely as well. And I, I read in there in the Farm and Independent during the week, the farmers may well get, get involved in that and there's the potential there of an income of that. I know that some of the existing windmills in the area, they have given money to communities, they give money here to the, to the rainbow, and we welcome that. And of course, we all had a problem with the fracking issue. We put that to bed, but we need to look at alternative energy fossil fuels, the problem they're causing, but we're going to rely too much on them if, if we don't look at our alternative energies. And I think that this is a key going forward, that we look at all alternative energies. And, and that will keep the price of fuel down, but we certainly just can't keep saying no to everything. I would have a problem with the windmills of that height, that they would be blocking the skyline. If that was planned in my area, I would have a problem with it too. Yeah. Well, I think like you talk about the carbon 
the fossil fuels like obviously that has to change because there's a finite amount of them we're going to run out of them eventually but yes. the but the likes of wind wave mm-hmm. sea water that will or even um they don't mention solar although the irony of having a solar relying on the sun and county leitrim could be challenging at times but no it's it's great to see we're looking at renewable energies and maybe just the the nuts and bolts of how that works needs to be looked at in terms of of locations as you mentioned not being near residential areas and and schools and that sort of stuff but in, in principle wind energy is good i think the big problem with wind energy is to be able to store it when you don't want it sometimes you have too much wind and sometimes you haven't enough wind but with technology now, Lala, I have no doubt that we'll overcome that problem. Let's talk about some positive things for the area. And while not directly in North Leitrim or even in the county of Leitrim, the extension that's proposed, the 6.6 million investment into the campus at IT Sligo, must be huge for this part of the world in terms of providing third level education to locally to people from the area. I welcome that. Uh, it's great to hear that. And, you know, Sligo was on our doorstep in North Leitrim. You know, uh, in most places of North Leitrim, half an hour gets you into Sligo. And I know a lot of parents take their children to uh, college in Sligo on a daily basis. So I welcome that extension. And it's good news all around for North Leitrim and Leitrim in general to have that college in, in Sligo going from strength to strength. Yeah, it's great to see it growing yeah. and the facilities it offers in terms of even just the community use, yeah. the sports facilities, their, their residential stuff through the summer when the students are away is is a huge yeah. offering as well, and it does pour into North Leitrim. Yes, you can see it at first hand. Absolutely. Two other things that I want to talk about, um, a bit more fun stuff than we've been dealing up to now. Let's talk about sport for a moment, because there must be something in the water in North Leitrim, but you're just producing international athletes up here like it's going out of fashion. Dean Glancy is the latest. He's a, an international boxer. He's away this weekend. But also Alva Clancy here in Glenfarren herself, at the World University Games earlier this summer, and Mern Devaney, along with Leah Fox, Mern was involved with the Irish team, and Leah Fox is playing with her in, with Sligo Rovers this year, but Mern was with the under-17 Irish team, even though she's only under-16 herself. Um, it must be great to see those type of athletes just coming up all over the place here in the county. Yeah, I've seen some of the athletes in, in action, and you know, you'll be proud of them, and to have come from North Leeds, it's great. You know, let it be soccer, or let it be boxing, or whatever sport it is. Ladies soccer, ladies Gaelic football has come on leaps and bounds in the recent years. And it's great to see that. And they're putting pressure on them in now. And it's great to see it. And Albert Lancy is just down the road here from the Rainbow, a very short distance. So it's great to have someone from the parish uh, making waves. Of course, she's applying her trade in the Women's National League weekly with Galway as well. And finally, North Leitrim seems to be the place to come if you want to win the lottery. There's been another win in Kinlaw. It's, the, I think, their sixth jackpot victory in the last number of years. Brings their total to over 13 million that they've won in that store. What's happening in Kinlaw? I don't know. Uh, we'd have to go down and have a chat with Noel McGowan in, in, in Spar in Kinlaw because it's, it's amazing. Like, uh, it happens so often and it's, it's great for people that it happens for and great to see and great for a little town uh, like Kinlaw to have so many millionaires coming out of it and, and I'm sure there's, there'll be a spin-off now in the Kinloch area. And, uh, Could we make that into a tourist attraction and drag people off the Wild Atlantic Way to buy the lottery tickets there? I'm sure Justin Warwick is probably looking at that as a possibility of seeing what he can do on the tourism with the rural transport, you know? Finally, before I let you go, <coughs> uh, you're Sean McDermott. Of course, Sean McDermott is a 
very historic name around here. It's the same in Irish as, as your own name. Is there any f- family link or any connection there uh, at all? Well, I don't really think so. And if it is there, it's very far back. But I'm uh, very proud of my own name, that uh, Sean McDermott. And uh, to have been reared only a few town lands away from the real Sean McDermott, uh, I feel proud. And the proudest day ever was, was marching down with the Leitham Society in New York, down Fifth Avenue, behind Sean McDermott's banner. It was just wonderful. I know Kevin McCann is, is, at the moment is trying to make a film based on the life of Sean McDermott. And he has been at that for the last couple of years and hopefully he gets across the line because it could be a spin-off for, for North Leitrim if that was to happen and uh, it would highlight North Leitrim. But we have to get more people. We talked about tourism earlier on and we certainly want to see more people going up to McDermott's house. We have to enhance that product and uh, I think the OPW are, are, are playing their part now more so than in years gone by. And in fairness, they keep the house in, in, in immaculate condition. And it has been that way uh, down through the years. But we need to look at seeing why we're not getting more people in, into that area. Like, And you know, the people that would go to McGermer's house, there's a good chance they might end up here in the Rainbow, or they might go, end up in the castle, or Fowley's Falls in Resimber, or wherever. That's one of the big problems I have with our tours. We're not joining them up that when people come to a tourism destination in North Leitham, they're more than likely not go to two or three or four tourism centres in the area. We've got to change that. If you get a tourist low enough in an area, they have to eat somewhere. And if you get them low enough in an area again, longer again, they have to sleep somewhere. So we have to be mindful of that going forward, that, that we're not just spending tourists in, in, into our area, say, to come to the ball in Romance and then heading away to Sligo or heading away to Mayo or, or heading down the north. Sell the rest of the area. That midnight could be created. And I think that's a win-win for, for everyone. Absolutely. Well, perfect place to leave it. Sean McDermott, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Brittany, and I enjoyed this. And that's all we have time for today, folks. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to get your tickets for our live show on Tuesday, the 8th of October, on theglencenter.com. And if you're looking for work, you can always check out leitrimdaily.com forward slash jobs. I'll be back tomorrow with Kiss My Arts, where I'm joined by best-selling author Nicola Kearns to talk about her Maltese saga trilogy and other works. Talk to you then.